0: Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own.
1: What up? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Authentic Conversations. Today is a day where authenticity is gonna come to a really good reality because of the guy that you may be staring at if you're watching uh, on YouTube or wherever you're picking up video. If you're listening, you're just gonna have to tune in so you can see the big, genuine and authentic smile that I am staring at right now. Uh, Brian Shulman is the founder of Voice Your Vibe. Uh, He is uh, an amazing human being. Uh, interestingly interestingly enough uh, we uh, did not meet until we met through LinkedIn but we didn't meet on LinkedIn uh, so uh, uh, online we actually met through LinkedIn on, in person for the first time. Uh, we both happened to be at an event um, that uh, uh, some local people put together in LA great opportunity. I remember him carrying a camera mount. Car- carrying a camera around, videoing everything,
0: smiling so big, and you carry it still today. So, Brian, dude, it is good to have you here, man. Brian, I appreciate you, man. And, and that was such an awesome day. LinkedIn Global uh, was, um, gosh, yeah, it was, it was the, it feels like ages ago. And there were literally people. Around the world that came together and uh, and it was it was just so awesome because not only did we meet for the first time in person, right? Like got to actually meet so many other friends that had, you know, we've been family for years and got to actually hug it out in person. And which seems surreal right now, because as we were talking about earlier, like I haven't hugged anyone outside of my house for almost a year in this pandemic, which is just, I'm a hugger. So like that physical connection, is like, it's hard, you know, it's hard. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, LinkedIn is a gift to all of us for so many reasons, man.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's kind of interesting. Like, I, I think... You know, we, we we now understand just how unfortunately dehumanized we have become as a culture, just as a result of being locked down and being behind a wall or behind a screen. It, it is so much more challenging. But, you know, thinking about the fact that you know, a, a, a massive platform like LinkedIn brought people together, like in, in going back to certain moments, I mean, I had uh, Michaela on, Alexis on the podcast a couple of months ago and uh, we were joking uh, just <clears throat> and laughing about, she had a, uh, a leather pants issue akin to Ross Geller from friends and we laughed about that. Um, I've had Natalia on the podcast and we've just laughed and talked about so many things. Uh, Brittany, Crystal, and I have stayed connected. I'm having, uh, Alex, uh, Galvin on the podcast soon. And so, yeah, I mean, just, it created so many great relationships. Josh Luke, who was one of the ones that put that event on, he's in my backyard. Yeah. And so we get to spend some time together. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm so thankful that, uh, relationships like that. And like you and I were created and yet now here we sit and, you know, we were just joking offline, you know, we're only like 90 miles away from each other. But <laughs> it's as if, like, I'm in China, and you're in Hawaii. Like, I mean, we're, we're just that
0: far apart, right? Like, we can't get together. It is. No, it's crazy. It really is. You know, like, my mom is in LA, and I'm in San Diego, and I haven't physically actually seen her since the beginning. It's it's been a year. Like I haven't seen her for a year and, you know, LA has gotten hit really, it was like New York Mm -hmm. got hit really hard and became a ghost town and LA got hit, you know, Florida, New York, LA got hit really hard and still is. And um, I, you know, I need to be mindful, you know, I know it's hard for her too, because yeah. thankfully she has her fur baby, you know, that's there with her and it's, it's tough cause she doesn't get that connection either. And, and I know she craves that also. So it's challenging, you know, but, um, but I, as I always say, like, I think the, the silver lining of the good right through, through all this is the power of technology. You know, it's like, we've always had it, but, but I think most people have looked at it and they're like yeah like in a in a, in a quote-unquote non-pandemic normal world right that's okay i'll go hang out with ryan we're only now 90 miles away we'll meet in the middle or whatever <laughs> you can't you can't do that so yeah being able to get together this way and doing things in ways that you never thought before you know a birthday a, a wedding a anniversary a, a funeral you know whatever um it's it's a second best but it's better than not being able to come together because you feel that you know you're yeah. able to, you're able to connect but yeah
1: you know, um, so uh, my family uh, were huge uh, Shit's Creek fans. We blew through, you know, every single season that we could, and uh, you know, binge it all as quickly as possible. And so we yeah. followed uh, Daniel Levy since then, and he was on an episode of Hot Ones. Have you ever seen that show where uh, they uh, the guy gets them to eat hot wings? As oh, he's the wings, doing like, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And so Daniel was one of the first ones to do one of those episodes virtually. So he was set up in his house and um, he was eating his wings and it was great. He's just, he he has such a fascinating personality, such a great guy. I love him. And yet he said this thing that was so profound because it was one of the first episodes, again, virtually being done. And so they were asking like, you know, what do you think about pandemic and, you know, being a lockdown? And I'm pretty sure he's in LA too. And uh, he said something that was so interesting to me, which I really appreciated and I'm excited to See the fruit of. And he said something to the effect that, you know, as difficult as this season of life is, and man, I mean, it was supposed to be like two weeks, and now it's been, you know, a year or just about. But he said that our our desire for human to human personal relationship is growing by the moment. And so, like, though some of us have seen certain people and maybe spend time in close circles, can you imagine the day that we get to go? free again I mean there's going to be a day at least somewhat like that that we just get to hug and hang out and network in a big group like I can't wait for that
0: no I can't wait for it either and it was interesting because I was thinking about that and I've had that conversation with a few people and and you know I mean think about it today you know, you, you're walking on the street and you're really mindful of your distance between people, you know, and you're really mindful that you have a mask and you're just, it's like safety, safety bells going off in your head, right? And I have to imagine that societal, societally, that's not a word, I'm creating it, that, that like when we do wind up getting together, that there's gonna be that, like those bells that I think are still going off that are kind of like, I, I I wanna like, it's like a stopgap. Like, I want to hug you right now, but wait, is it okay for me to hug you right? Like, the weirdness, I think, that we've been experiencing of that, like, you know, and 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 I do agree that that pure joy feeling of, wow, I can actually truly connect with another human being, like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a way that we haven't been able to. Um, but But I agree with you so much. I think it's something that a lot of us have been thinking about, right? And uh we'll get there we'll get there we just have to be smart and safe and you know the 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 more of us collectively that are i think the closer to that date we will get i think the challenge ryan is that with with seasons changing especially like on the east coast you know where it's freezing and winter storms and you know, crazy bees and, you know, aliens and all these things. Like, it's like, okay, uh, you know, okay, wait, the sun's coming out, I need to go out, you know, and and people are craving that just getting out and connecting. And I think that, again, that's that those are the challenges that we face, right? Because we, we want to connect with other human beings. And it's just, it's tough. It's tough. But again, you know, we can do it, right? We can do yeah. it. We just have to do it differently.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think that, you are such a great person to speak into this whole realm, right? Because I mean, you've had half your life, of investing into building relationships and organizations. You've led organizations, you've spoken in front of audiences, large and small. Uh, you've done so many things. And now here you have, I know at least for the last few years, built this organization around building community, right around building tribe. And I I, I love that idea. And, and I would think that like we all see the value in community. And obviously we talk about the strains of it right now. I would feel like now more than ever, organizations and individuals must be like just diving all in with you, wanting to figure out how they continue to build community with some of their opportunities being cut off in the moment. Right?
0: Yeah. We'll think about it. Right. So like when the pandemic just hit, you know, people were still investing their marketing dollars the way that they were. People were showing up at events and all the things the way they were. And then boom, it was like cut off. So February, basically, it, it all kind of got cut off, right? Mm-hmm. Social media marketing world was the last conference that basically happened, which was in San Diego. And then, you know, everyone started to cancel their events. Um, and, 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 and some pivoted immediately into the virtual world because they were familiar with kind of what it was, how to go about it, but many in the masses weren't. And organizations as a whole, right? Companies that were doing deals in different ways, whatever, you know, if they're in the tech world or other uh, any kind of brand, right? Had to shift. And I was really paying attention to messaging on all channels, both social uh, as well as TV and others to see who was going to start shifting their messaging right away. Right. And talk in the, we we say it right now more than ever, like that's one of those things that, that started to kind of come out. Right. And, and, and words like social distancing and all of that. And, and, and just how, right. How they were providing their services, their products, what they were doing to to come from here, and if you can't, you guys can't see me that are listening, I'm pointing at my heart, right? To not come from your head in your thought process of marketing and how you reach people, but to truly come straight from your heart, right? Car companies saying, we're going we're gonna to give you six months until your first payment, right? No doubt, zero down, zero money, six months, right? Uh, And they're not about pulling your strings at that point and and screwing you, for the lack of a better way of putting it. It's okay, no, we truly care about you, right? And and I I started to see more and more different brands kind of take that approach, not only in their messaging, but truly actually walk the talk, right? Mm Um, Now, don't get me wrong. Plenty of companies that tried to do it, but weren't walking the talk. They were, Mm. they were, they were, you know, I mean, I I know you experienced it. I mean, oodles and oodles of emails of we're in this together. We're going to get through it together. It was just marketing fluff. They weren't truly acting on those things, but the ones that truly got it, the ones that truly get it, the ones that have shifted their whole marketing and approach in in every medium from a media perspective and realizing that it is the heart of it all that matters. And those that focus on the heart centered uh, approach from a content marketing perspective in in your prospects, your partners, your customers, your tribe, right? Your employees, my gosh. I mean, so many people furloughed, let go, right? And yes, as a business owner, you have to think about the business because the reality is 85% of the businesses that have Basically, gotten shut down during this pandemic are not going to come back. That's reality. That's hard, right? Especially because they're small you know you 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 aren't able to walk down the street to your local barber shop or your pizza joint or your your juice snack shop or whatever because they were small family owned businesses that they got hit really hard of the pandemic there was no help financially out of the gates and they didn't know what to do so they had to they had to close and they're not coming back right those are that's family to us you know you you, you everyone knows each other that's community right and community is is something that is so. Gosh, I mean, think about it. If we didn't have technology to bring us together as a, as a community during a pandemic, who knows what would happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it's crazy. But again, the silver lining in that is that, yes, the, those that get it have, have adapted and pivoted. And it's interesting because, you know, yes, I went from doing you know, keynotes and others live in person at events large and small, literally around the world, to hard stop. And, and, but I had already been doing virtual events, right? So that was in no way, shape, or form a pivot. It's just, okay, just going to do more of that in 2020 because of what's happening. And, 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 and looking at it from the point of view of how can I help those hosts, Right, because I know they don't have most of them don't have money because they're struggling to pivot too. Yeah. Right. So it's it's also again coming from that heart perspective, and I, you know, one of the things that I had shared to many CEOs, um, uh, entrepreneurs, and C-suite executives during the pandemic, especially in the last year, was the most important thing that you can do is care about everyone you interact with. Don't care about how much money you get right now from your client. Don't care about what the deal actually looks like in terms of revenue with your partner. Don't care about, you know, uh, I've got to skim my employees' healthcare because, 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 right? Care about making sure that Ryan is taken care of and his family is taken care of. Find a way. Care about your customers and make sure their needs are met and know that they're going to take care of you on the back end at some point when we come out of this, because if you do that, they will be customers for life, partners for life, employees for life, for life, for life. Like, because the reality is, again, we're living in our hearts, not in our heads. And when you start to affect people's lives that affects their family in a way that saves their lives you will, you'll be just, uh, your gratitude will live forever and you'll never, you, you, I mean, there's nothing you wouldn't do for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there, there was two things that you said in there that I'm interested to hear your perspective on, as I've been talking to a lot of people about this and they both come from this uh, place of like doing from the heart. So the first one is on the, uh, the businesses side and, uh, the most relatable to this, and this podcast isn't gonna go live for a few weeks after we record, but it's still gonna be very relevant news, I'm sure. So we take a, a business like Robinhood, who came in by the people for the people, right? We're gonna we're gonna do good by you know for the little guy. Uh, there it was in the name, right? Like I mean, we all got it, and then um, regardless of what the truth is, and there's probably, you know, two lies and a truth somewhere in there in terms of what really happened. They effectively squeezed out all of the people they claimed to serve again, whatever the business decision was to do that. And so they, when, when you, when you operate from the heart as a business, you're playing with fire, right? Because you know, you want to do good, but then people are going to hold you to that standard. So From that side first, um, whether it's assessing Robinhood or not doesn't really matter, but how have you seen that play itself out? Because I feel like it always feels good for businesses like all the insurance companies, they always talk about wanting to do right by their customers. They're screwing almost everybody out there. You know, when it's the car manufacturers, you know, let's delay payments. That's a really kind thing to do, but like, are you gonna help me when times are good too, when I just personally get into trouble? So how have you seen that play out operationally on the business side of things?
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good question point you bring up and good example as well. Um, I, you know, I think the reality is businesses have to operate to stay in existence. Mm. If you are not bringing in money you can't pay your employees' salaries. You can't pay for healthcare. You can't pay for the roof of the building of the company over the head. You can't pay for et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, and, you know, look, I mean, all companies want to have social good attached to them, right? Yep. Yep. You know, they, they, they're really big about talking about how much money they donated to or, you know, whatever it may be, because that heart, that's that heart-centered feel-good stuff, that, you know, they may be churning and burning revenue and everything, but they don't want to be known for that. They want to, well, the awards they do, but they want to be known for the, Hey, we donated X millions of dollars to this, you know, uh, save the children of the world organization. Right. Or um, whatever it may be. Right. And, and, and all companies look at it from that perspective, but to your point, yeah, it's a really slippery slope, Brian, because What you said is so important. Like, okay, great. You know, it's like I always say, it's not just about you know the relationship when times are good. It's more important about the relationship when times are bad. How you get through those times together, and I and I think it's a balancing act. So there's no right answer, right? It's not like this percentage, that percentage, this percentage. It's okay. You got to be smart because if you're not smart, you're not going to exist. But how do you balance being smart and staying alive, right? And, you know, and then we have government assistance, right, that provides money to help you stay alive, which in, in some cases you don't have to pay back or they're giving you leniency or what have you, right? I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's, it's really important to, to recognize that, you know, as a country, you know, our leadership from the top today in 2021, looks at things and says, okay, you know, w- we need to make sure that, that America is flourishing, not, not just surviving, but thriving. And, mm-hmm. and, but, but, but America is struggling. So how do we help, you know, how do we help change that, right? They realize that it's not just gonna change on its own. People aren't gonna just start spending money right away. Right. So how do you shift that? How do you help them to do that, right? As I always say, it's a top-down approach. It it all starts here. You have yeah. to do what you say and say what you do and hold to that. And you bring up insurance companies and car companies and and those are great examples, right? Because they, those are companies that are all about turning and burning the revenue, right? And yeah. and we hear the messaging from them, we just have to see the action. And and I you know, I've seen it. I mean, my insurance company, they've sent like like maybe twice a we're giving you 5% back you know, of whatever, because of, you know, everything that's going on. And and that makes sense, right? Why? People aren't driving their cars. I mean, I could probably count on twice, two hands, the number of times I've driven my car in, in almost the last year, literally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. So, I mean, that's smart if you think about it because of what their business is, but um, yeah, so it, it's just, Again, and you got to balance it out because, again, if you don't, you're not going to be in business. Yeah. Um, yep. So, I yeah,
1: mean, I, I guess, I, I guess, you know, the, I don't want to say the chat. So, I am a capitalist at heart when capitalism is operating properly. Um, And I mean, that that takes on a lot of uh, a lot of definitions anyway. (laughs) So I I really believe that businesses should be in business to to generate revenue. I mean, that's how they employ people. That's how they do good. They continue to serve their communities. I absolutely believe that. I guess I just see and, and I hear you saying this, too, like, you know, it's there's got to be this balance. And, and I feel like there's too many organizations, maybe more so today than ever, because we are just in this world of social good, where they lead really strong with we're gonna do right, we're gonna do good, da 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 da, da. Almost, you know, trying to leave out that, you know, we're here to make money. Whereas if they would just have a better message in terms of, you know, we're doing this. And at the same time, desiring to continue to profit to da, 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 or we desire a profit to serve the community, to serve our employees. Like, I feel like even just some simple things like that, whereas, you know, right now they're just going overboard.
0: Yeah, no, um, they are. They are. Cause they're, and, and it's a, it's a it's a herd effect, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, we've seen it. Like you you start to see that ripple effect happening. And and then again, you know, it's like they're overusing, I mean, you know, certain words that people have gotten to a point in the beginning, you're like, wow, yes. And then it's like, okay, come up with something else. Cause it, <laughs> yeah. we don't, it doesn't feel authentic anymore. We feel like you're just using marketing fluff, like you usually do now. And you know, and, and again, actions versus versus words. So I think that's yeah. the more important part. Ryan is the actions that we see. Like I, I, n- I know you are this way. I am this way. I, I am a I am a doer and talk about. I am not a talk about and doer. You mm-hmm. know, I, I want. Yeah, good. I, I I I do what I preach, right? And and I think that's where trust comes into play. If you if you're just spitting out you know, game and you're not actually doing the work. Yeah. You've lost all credibility whatsoever. So I agree with you.
1: So sit tight on that. So I'm interested to hear because this is you today. 20 plus years experience in business, working in different cultures, different organizations. You've built a significant tribe for yourself. So that continues uh, in your case in, in to shape you in good ways to become the human being that you are today, which at the end of the day, that's what we're really striving for is to become the best human being that we possibly can. So is this like, is the Brian that we see today the Brian that was uh, uh, going through elementary school, middle school, high school, college, like was this instilled into you? Were there moments where you just weren't this way? Like how did you get to the place that you are
0: from a person like your ethos as a human being? It's a really good question and one you should ask every single one of your guests if you don't already. <laughs> and I know that you do. So, so because the story is important, right? We may see the final, well, the final, right? We're always evolving. The final product in the moment, right? But if you don't know everything that happened in between, you have no context. So I, I think, so here's the thing, okay? I, I've been fighting my entire life. Like, I literally fought for every breath to make it into this world. I was a pound and a half miracle baby in the 70s that was not supposed to live. And they were wow. not prepared technologically for that. Like, I was in a really thick-walled incubator. I've seen the pictures. I mean, I was this literally in my hand, this big. And, you know, breathing, not breathing, uh, you know, it was touch and goes so many different times. And, you know, now, now take – so literally – Fight just to make it into the world, and then preteen, I was diagnosed with a neurological disorder called Tourette syndrome, which are uncontrollable tics and twitches, and usually you don't know you're doing them. And again, I said they're they're uncontrollable. Now, in the height of my Tourettes uh, as a as a as a kid. For context, I was on the scale of a one to 10, I was probably like a six or a seven. Now on a 10, 9, 10, nine, 10, nine, 10, you're talking vulgarity and violence, uncontrollable vulgarity and violence. Hmm. Um, I was not in that realm, but I was somersaulting from room to room, jumping up and down. I had these intense neck twitches, uh, wrist flicking, multiple facial expressions, multiple auditory noises. And a lot of times they'd commingle. And like I said, again, wasn't aware a lot of times I was doing them. And how old were you then? This was preteen. So when I finally got diagnosed, I was in fifth grade. Uh, so grade school, elementary school. Um, we went, to, oh God, we went to so many different doctors, tests upon tests, all these things attached to my head. And you know, doctors are literally saying, sit still. How the heck do I sit still when I'm twitching and don't know i'm doing it don't know what's wrong and and they'd all say the same thing ryan they'd say yeah you know he'll grow out of it because they didn't know what it was so they just you know it'd be fine. my mom was like the hell you say there's something wrong with my kid i'm gonna find someone who has an answer Mm. so eventually you wound up at ucla medical center where there was someone who had a name for this thing and it was really early in the 80s um but they had a name and you know a, a diagnosis and that it was not curable but you know they were finding early ways to kind of help and i wound up taking medication for a handful of years called clonidine which was basically like a a downer it was like a suppressor Mm. and i would horrible side effects i would fall asleep in class you know i i'd fall asleep for like 30 minutes at a time it was like being it was like drooly julie like i just was I just didn't have any energy. And, you know, I got bullied a lot. I dealt with a lot of adversity. And, and by the way, I mean, kids in general, they there's no holds barred, like everything's out there anyway. It's hard enough to be a kid and learning how to fit in and make friends and all of that. I mean, so I was the small kid all the time and the weird kid on top. Uh, and, you know, I'd come home crying to my mom. Why does everybody keep making fun of me? And why does nobody like me? Because I didn't get it you know and she'd sit you don't you don't
1: really know any different i'm right like i mean that's just the way that you are and so why should anybody treat you which by the way like people still do this today to each other
0: as adults but you know well yes no (laughs) no no no, for sure and and so you kind of take that forward and and there were interesting pivotal moments i was on another show the other day and and uh he said you know do you Do you remember like particular moments that kind of impacted just a go forward and and I said yeah you know i I had gone to therapy for years and I hated it like it just was not it wasn't helping me it wasn't what i needed um and my mom was really what i needed and and like I had to learn in very different ways ryan i just i couldn't pick up a book, read it, and remember I had a hard time in school like I needed to visually see things and You know, my mom would come up with songs to remember things and you know, whatever. So, but right before I had gotten, um, I grew up Jewish by faith and I had gotten bar mitzvah and I had to memorize things. And basically, it's like a bar or a bat mitzvah is like becoming a man or a woman in the Mm -hmm. in you know, and your your rite of passage, so to speak. And uh, and I said to my mom, I don't want to take the drugs anymore, like, I would rather do with the Tourette's than this. And she said, I think, like any good, you know, amazing mother, like, okay, you know, concerned, are you? Are you sure? You know, there's going to be a lot of people here. I want to make sure you're okay. Cause my Tourette's are brought on by stress, as they are for most. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, apparently, cause she reminds me of this, I said, you know, um, I'm okay. They're here for me. They know who I am. It'll be all right. And I, she always kept the med, her little pill box with her on her just in case. But I never took the medication again. And I found natural calming mechanisms to help along the way. Uh, Dancing, um, music, and comedy—and these are actual; these are actually familiar across people that have Tourette's, either one or, or all of them. Um, okay, not to interrupt you, but you said something so
1: profound, so profound that I feel like we need to sit on for a second. So, you said when you were talking to your mom about not taking medication and understanding the risk, basically of having those episodes in front of people. You said they know who I am, they're here for me, which is this moment of understanding that you have people around you that care for you as you. They love Brian. They don't care whether you flip out, cartwheel, say something inappropriate. And I feel like I want to keep hearing like this play itself out because no one would know you deal with any of that today at all. But that is such a fascinating moment like i we just need to capture that like we were trying to we hear all these stupid sayings around you know we're always trying to impress people that don't like us anyway or we don't like you know whatever like i just feel like if we focused more all the way to your present day of building tribes like if we just focused on being ourselves and surrounding ourselves that pe- with people that really cared about us and that we really cared about could you imagine how much more we would be able to bear ourselves for who we really are
0: yes yes and these are the things that i think about and talk about all the time it is so true ryan because we're we're, we're always, and, and so here, let's take that forward because there's yeah, some go. examples related to that that Please. I think are really relevant. So, so it, it, it's, you know, those things, music, I've been a musician my whole life. Uh, play, just my grandfather was a jazz musician. That's the only person in my family I get the music from. And my son actually became a jazz musician playing the horns like my grandfather, would, all in his own, which is really cool. But wow. I, I, I grew up in sitting in the dark as a little boy playing the piano for hours And it was like I was in another body. Like I was not in my Tourette's body. I was in this very relaxed and serene kind of world. And I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about anything. And I think that concentration was a big part of it. Now I, I do psychologically look back at these things because I did get a degree in psychology and it was because I wanted to better understand why do human beings treat people the way that they do because of what I went through. And I wanted to better understand myself because I didn't. So, so Music has always been a big part. I did go to a music academy in high school. I had to learn how to read. It was really hard. It was kind of in one ear, consumed enough to capture it and out. So I play all by ear. I can pretty much pick up any instrument and play with the exception of the winds, which is my son's jam. Um, But it's a gift. It's, It's a gift. And Dancing was just a thing my mom had said, I'm going to teach you how to dance. You're going to love me for it because all the girls are going to love you because boys don't dance. And so there you go. And, And she was right. She was right. But here's the really interesting thing. Again, psychologically, if I analyze it, think about it like pre-pandemic we're on a dance floor we're moving our bodies and flaring our arms and making faces and noises and doing things that we wouldn't be doing walking down the street usually unless you got a walkman on or something uh throw back to the 80s there but um because most people are like what's a walkman <laughs> i love it i love uh, but, it but like that was me like maybe i felt normal in a sea of people that didn't because that was me every day right mm. normally uh and then And then comedy, which is really interesting, you know, like I grew up watching a lot of physical comedians and I didn't even realize it until I thought about it after. Like, you know, your Jim Carrey, young Jim Carrey's of the world, Robin Williams, uh, Sam Kinison, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, like the list goes on and on and on. I I love the Three Stooges and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. They're all physical comedians. Mm -hmm. They're all acting weird and different and they're being themselves it's a part of who they are and letting that out. And maybe I related to that, you know? So those three things have all had, had been a part of my life. Now, if you fast forward, started to kind of break out of the show in high school, I wanted to bring people together. A switch kind of flipped in my head that said, okay, I want people to leave better walking away from me. I want them to feel uplifted, happier just feeling good, you know, and, and, and I certainly took that into college where I got involved and really broke out of my shell. I mean, I helped found and co-found organizations. I was a founder of my fraternity at San Diego state. Um, and, and I loved bringing people together. That was where I found my love for startups because we literally built a company, even though it was a national fraternity, we built a company from the ground up and it was completely diverse. If anyone's ever seen revenge of the nerds, that was us. We were literally a mixed (laughs) bag, of like everybody. And it was really, really cool because we loved each other for who we were. We Mm. accepted each other for who we were. It didn't matter if we were weird or different or where we were from or, you know, big, small, black, white, brown, whatever, right? And, And that was really, really special. Now, if you take business into it going forward, there was... You know, knowing that I had Tourette's, this is another pivotal moment, Ryan, Um, you know, we talk about the pre bar mitzvah part when I got diagnosed, I stood up in front of my fifth grade class and my teachers and whatever parents were there. And I said, this is what I have. And it was both terrifying and relieving at the same time. Because think about it, kids are like, oh, you have cooties. I don't want to get around you, right? I mean, you don't know. And so telling them, hey, you're not going to catch this. Here's what it is. This is what we know. And, you know, there was a much different level of acceptance at that point. Don't get me wrong. Still a lot of everything that was going on and honestly happened way into the years um, but that was another impactful moment. So now if you fast forward, I wrote a paper about Tourette's in eighth grade, I wrote a paper about it in college. Um, and, you know, I do remember one moment in high school, and I apologize for bouncing all over. The place, no, no, you're good. I was I rem- like, it was yesterday, I was walking up the stairs, he was walking down the stairs, just a classmate of mine, I saw him do three different ticks one after the other. I immediately knew he had Tourette's and went home to my mom and said, I have a classmate that has Tourette's. I have no question. How can we help? Like, what can mm. we do? And I, I could only imagine what he was feeling and his parents, cause they had no idea just like us, you know, it was a really hard kind of progression to get through, but we were able to get them to UCLA too, to, to get help. And I realized that was a gift. Um, now in business, something you said earlier, which is why this is really relevant, right? Um, I never talked about any of this. Being a miracle baby, not living, almost not, li- you know, getting into the world, uh, Tourette's, neurological disorder, all of that. I never talked about any of that. It was like on one hand, I could talk about it. Num- the number of times I had even shared it. And it's just, if I thought it might help somebody somehow, mm. but I never talked about it. And it was because of this instance. So it dot .boom era uh, back in the late nineties. Yeah. Around the late nineties, I had gone for an interview at a company and this was a like Google esque potential company. They were growing like gangbusters and it was in San Diego. And I didn't have a lot of legs under my belt. My career started in retail and then I got into tech and helping to build and grow sales teams and and such. And, um, I didn't have many legs to stand on. So I basically was like, all right, well, what am I going to talk about? I'll just share my story it's about having tenacity and grit and dealing with adversity and growing through it and learning and hey just give me a shot right like because we all somebody sends the ladder down for us at one or many points in our life and or career we don't get to where we get by ourselves you know there's there's someone there that helps or multiple someones and So I walk in there, I meet with like eight different hiring managers, a bunch of different team members in between. And I'm, you know, I'm sharing the story again, as we talked about. And at the end of every one of those interviews, I get the same question, literally. Well, that's a great story, but why should we hire you? Like they didn't even listen to it. It was just, Mm. thanks for wasting my time, but why? You know, and I walked out of there with my head down my tail between my legs. I didn't get the job. And I said to myself, I am never going to talk about that again. Wow. Because I because I don't want it to affect me. I don't want it to affect me positively. I don't want it to affect me negatively. I want to earn everything on my own merit. I want to be looked at and blend in like everyone else and earn my way. And yeah. so I pushed forward and, you know, grew and moved myself up the ladder, so to speak. I was part of a lot of, early, I mean, my, my jam is startups. I love building and growing startups from the ground up, uh, taking them either to IPO or you know, getting sold. I was a part of many mergers and acquisitions, uh, as well as being fortunate to be, to be experiencing IPOs and such as well. And fall downs, I mean, gosh, I failed way more than I've succeeded in my career, but I've learned and grown so much through all of it and taken that, which is why I've had the ability to have the experiences that I have. And so now if we fast forward, I, I found LinkedIn along the way 17 plus years ago, <laughs> and I've been on LinkedIn every day for 17 years as of December 8th, 2020. And back then it was just a digital resume and a place to look for a yeah. job. There was no way to communicate. It was just flat, you know. Um, but but I, I, and I remember seeing it pop up and I remember going, this is different. Cause I had a really good judge just again, the time I'd been in the startup world and kind of feeling things out and intuition, there was nothing else out there like it. It wasn't going to be a MySpace, Facebook thing. Um, and the rate they were growing, it was a million people when I joined. So, and that was just a year old. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this has legs. I don't know where it's going to go, but it has legs. I don't want to miss this potential journey. So, um, but I wanted to inspire one person a day. It wasn't about business. Mm. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but that was always my, my why. Now, as you know, many impactful moments along the way on LinkedIn, um, one of them being video, which literally changed LinkedIn forever. And many of our friends showing up in the early days, right. And getting on video. And I always say like, just the old guy that I am on LinkedIn uh, that seeing people show up that you just had never seen show up on the platform before, let alone in person on video, right? Sharing really personal stories from their hearts with the let's get honest campaign. And like, wow, things you've never heard people talk about before. Yeah. And it was so inspiring, Ryan. It was Mm. so inspiring. So inspiring that I said, wow, I want to share my story, but it took me five months to muster up the bravery and courage to take the lead because I was terrified. What if, my Tourette's come out. Mm. Nobody knows about that stuff. I've never talked about it. I didn't want people to know about it because of the things that I shared. Mm. Now I did make that first video. There's lots of context in between, which we won't get into just for time, but I did make the first video and I remember being terrified after I did. And I remember all of the love and support and encouragement that I got Mm. in the comments from that video. And Ryan, it was the very first time in my life that I ever felt fully me, accepting me, not thinking about weird and different in me as a bad thing, but as a good thing, as a superpower for the lack of a better way of putting it. Because I realized for the first time that I had a voice and that I had a story and that I mattered and that I was inspiring people by sharing that, not talking about me, but by sharing it because it was affecting another human being's life in a positive way. They didn't have to have Tourette's. They didn't have to have gone through what I went through. They're going through their own stuff and feeling that and consuming that going, Hey, yeah, I'm weird too. and, And that's good. And I'm okay with that. And, 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 and I have a story and I have a voice and, and, and if, and if I share that, that'll help other people too, because I just didn't look at it that way. You know, I didn't look at my life and go all these failures and falling and struggle and adversity and bullying and all of it and go, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. You know, no, I just, that was life. Like, I just kept getting back up. Why? Because that's all I knew. Like, you know, and, and I had I had support, you know, my mom there helping me along the way to let me know, hey, I love you. You're an incredible human being and mm-hmm. do you, right? And, and so accepting that fully me and letting that out was liberating in ways that, there's not enough words or time to explain, but like, I will tell you, it's, you know, over a thousand videos later, if you look at, I mean, I'm almost a thousand LinkedIn videos in, but if you combine that with my live shows, which are like 300 plus in now since LinkedIn live launched, you know, you're talking about 11 or 1200 videos. Cause it's all video. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the number of times I've ever talked about business counting on, you know, probably two sets of hands shows you the impact, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I never in my wildest dreams could have imagined that someone would call me the godfather of LinkedIn video, or be one of the world's top video marketing experts, or, you know, be a Forbes featured entrepreneur, or a LinkedIn top voice, or uh, a LinkedIn video creator of the year, named the 2020 top 50 most impactful people of LinkedIn, or a global leader of the year, have a LinkedIn live show named the 2020 best festive show of the year and featured in a an amazon best selling book by a friend of ours or featured in yahoo finance or thrive global i'm like what's happening like how is this mm. happening because i'm just that twitchy kid who just wanted to blend in right but found my found myself and and mm. and was okay with myself and and the biggest thing you know like you know we talk about yes company building over the last couple of years and yes it's about teaching C-suite execs and founders and entrepreneurs who want to find their voice and show up and don't know how and how to voice your vibe and how to attract your tribe and how to tell a story people fall in love with on video in all forms and fashion. But the, the biggest part about it, Ryan is like, I want, I, I don't care how old you are. I want people to know that they have a voice and they have a story and that they matter. And that, and that's, and that by talking about it, like we do that you just, you never know how it's going to impact somebody You know, it's, it's, it's so amazing. Our friend Aaron Hennig in Texas, he hasn't been on video in a while. He'd do his videos from his car, right? He's amazing. Dude's like seven feet tall. I'm like five foot nothing. It's amazing (laughs) seeing us next to each other. But I just, I want to share this because this is about impact, right? He had gotten on video. He had sunglasses on in his car, which he hadn't done. And he started talking and he said, I have sunglasses on for a reason. And I I don't want to take them off because I'm afraid I can't get through this if I do. And I just happened to catch it in the feed. This was a handful of years ago. And he starts talking about his mom who has cancer. Look, I'm a big believer. Everything happens for a reason and timing happens when it's supposed to. I saw his video when my mom was in the middle of breast cancer Mm. and it wasn't something I was talking about. There honestly were a select few of LinkedIn fam that were aware and really supportive of mom. My mom is like the LinkedIn mom. and, and, and and I saw Aaron's video and I was so not expecting it and everything he hit me with I was bawling I'm like wow man like I like what are the odds and I called him and I said I was having such a hard I was having such a hard time talking because I was crying while I was talking to him and I'm like brother, I just have to tell you how hard your video hit my heart, how much I love you and your mom. And I said, I am going through this right now with my mom. And it is, it's terrifying. And it's, you know, I just, thank you. Like, thank you for, thank you for making the video. And it's showing up when I needed to see it and hear it and see you and hear you. And, And I just wanted you to know that it really impacted me that's the power of the story right ryan Mm -hmm. and and just being you and not to overuse words but genuine and authentic and you know and inspired to want to share it and that's the other thing inspiration is so amazing you know i Mm -hmm. i've never made a video unless i've been inspired by something or someone otherwise it's not genuine authentic in me And, and 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 if you just share like Yep. Just, just let it out. You know, you never know what emotion is going to come out, and and just let it flow. Like, let that real raw come out and and share it, because it's it's going to affect one person's life in a positive way, and that's a gift.
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean that story is so powerful. You know, just that the, the takeaway and and moment is something that's it's so important for people to hear. I'm often confused when people are asking me about speaking wherever it may be like, Hey, we're looking for a motivational speaker. And I'm like, I'm not your guy. (laughs) Like I can get anybody rallied. I'm very passionate and very excitable and I can, I can motivate people, but that's not my, that's not what I want to do. And what you said is so important for people to hear. It's as we share our passion, our purpose, our story, whatever it is that's happened to us up into this place in life, like my dream, as I go up there to do that, and I know I can hear it in everything that you've said is, I just want to open somebody's eyes to doing the same. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to inspire them to climb my mountain, like go find your own, you know, go do your own thing. And you're right. It's like, as we open up, as people open up, it's giving other people this permission to say, gosh, like I've got a tick or I'm undersized today, or I'm overweight or i'm failing in my business or i'm frustrated or i'm lonely or i am you know an emotional wreck and i'm a man and nobody as a man talks about being an emotional wreck but now you're talking about these things like you you actually cry i I can do that and i can be respected and seen and supported like that is so, so important. So I just can't thank you enough for sharing that and being that. I mean, that that's just something that, again, like I love that it lands on everybody, but I do have this more specific and deep passion for the men in this world that have been told they need to be something that is just not only unrealistic, but absolutely unnecessary. And so by following people like you, they can see what I believe is what a man should really be. Like, you know, it's you are invested into your family. You have a deep love and support for them. You care for other people. You want to do the right thing. You carry good values about yourself. Like that's what it means to be a man. And that's what has been lost in
0: society today. I don't disagree with you on that. And I think it, I think there's moments that really hit home when you think about that. Like we're both dads, you know, we are talking about how proud we are of our kids and we know how hard it is in this pandemic to get through all of this. and you know, kids are social beasts, you know, they want to be with each other. And, you know, I, I, I had shared um, a letter, it's not a letter, it was like a four-way speech contest essay that my daughter, when she was her senior in high school, had wrote. And I had no idea, like I was just working in my office and she had, she just walked in, like literally was like just miming, walked in, handed me this piece of paper and sat down. And I'm like, okay, she wants me to read something. So let me see what this is, right? And and it said, 4 speech contest essay or whatever. And apparently it was um, not required. And it said, live to inspire. And I had no idea what it was. Anyway, I I read this and Ryan, it was my high school senior daughter, basically in short form saying how I have been an inspiration to her. And I had no idea that she felt that way. And she was talking about my journey and my story, all the stuff we've talked about with the Tourette's and the preemie and all of it. And I was bawling. I'm like, I looked at her and just lost it. And she came and sat in my lap and we had a good cry. And, uh, you know, I've shared it many times on podcasts, uh, because I'm I'm asked because they hear about the story and they want me to share it. And I'm like, you know, what a, yeah, I think as parents, we all hope that we're doing an okay job. We all hope that we're bringing good human beings into this world. We all hope that, you know, they'll be able to fly and do their thing and, and Lord willing, take care of us when we don't even know who we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was such a, gosh, I, I, I was just, really proud to be a daddy. And I always, I mean, like I'm, I, you know, my monkeys, I love my monkeys more than anything. Like family's everything to me. And um, I, I adore them with all my heart. And, you know, it's, it's, you're talking about your, your, Your 19 year old, you know, and, and my 20 year old, our kids are not terribly far off in age and, uh, and just kind of seeing them grow and like looking at it and going, how do we have kids this age? When did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) But yes, but you know, you look, you never know who you're impacting. Mm -hmm. You never know who's paying attention. You never know who's listening. You never know who you're inspiring. And that is such an example. Um, You know, I, I, it's, it's amazing. I I just don't want, I want everyone to remember that it's really easy to get caught up in the numbers. When you think about things like social media, I want millions of followers and, you know, whatever followers, like even that is like really come on, uh, you know, and, and I don't ever, ever discount the impact of one human being affecting the life of another. Like that is such a gift. I have had people reach out to me in this pandemic, literally saying, I have been like DMs. I've been, I don't talk about this a lot, but every now and then I bring it up because I think it's important to realize that this stuff happens. Whether you're talking about it happening or not, people are affected by that. I've been depressed. You know, I have almost taken my life. And because of your content, you have lifted me up. You've kept me going. And I just didn't know how I was gonna get through it you know, and, and, and like, wow, you know, I mean, I think everyone is, we talk about businesses finding moments to try and make their impact, right, uh, I mean, look at what Zoom has done, we're on Zoom right now, I mean, technologically, couldn't be in a better business, right, they're booming, they're literally primed to get acquired, they have, they have their revenue streams are redonkulous, um, mm-hmm. because, because people's silver lining realized, oh, wait, there's a way to get together. Oh, this has been here. Oh, we can use this. Oh, oh, right. Oh, my kids can get on here for free. Oh, I can do all these things, right? Um, but I remember myself thinking that too. I'm like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. How, how can I help? How can I stand up in my own way? And my LinkedIn live shows were that. It was, okay, let's pivot this a little bit let's, I don't like social distancing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Physical distance. We got to stay away from each other physically, but socially we're together. And mm. what can I do with that? Social distancing. There we go. I'm going to, I'm going to bring, there's the dancing thing coming in again. Right. So bringing in dancing and music, music again, right. Gives us, makes us the feel good and, and comedy. Cause I use filters, fun filters, like Snapcam that boom. I bring in <laughs> boom, just like that, you know, <laughs> that I bring onto the show that me make makes you laugh, you know, like fun stuff, showing up as a ray of sunshine or whatever it may be, you know. Uh, and 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 okay, that's fun and, and bring people together and bring people onto the show from the comments around the world. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, God, dude, I had a guy come on who said he's been he's got COVID. This was like two weeks ago. He has COVID, he's a broadcaster hadn't done anything just he didn't have any energy he was just so drawn out Mm -hmm. and just had been kind of stagnant and I'm like wow he's like you know I I was in the comments for the first time caught your show and I said Craig come on the show and he's sitting behind his desk some pictures on the wall and he's like I'm like hey how are you doing it's like you know I'm I'm Carl Sean Watkins and Um, I was watching the show and it was making me smile and I'm like, well, I'm so glad to hear it. Like, you know, tell me about you. And he's like, I've got COVID and, and it's been really hard. And, um, you know, I, you, 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 I've been smiling and laughing and kind of dancing behind the scenes. And I'm like, that's amazing. And we got him smiling and laughing and dancing on the show. And at the end, he, you know, when we let him go, he, he said, you know, thank you like mm-hmm. I, I really needed that and one person affecting the life of another that's those are the moments Ryan like those are the moments and we all can find a way and a moment because again okay. you never know who's paying attention You never know who you can help you never know who you can lift up and by God, in these times that we've been living in, we need to be lifted up and laugh more than ever. It's so hard. And just so you know, like, yeah, I'm this crazy, positive, upbeat guy who's radiating positive vibes, but, man, I have had so many down moments in the pandemic. Like, I'm human, you know? I mean, I've struggled. I continue to. It's like we were talking about, I can really only look a couple days ahead because we just don't know what the heck's going to happen. Yeah. But we make a choice on how we want to receive everything that's happening you know a smiley face is is a smiley face or a sad face you have a choice to decide what it's going to be how is your day going to be are you going to have a crap day you're going to have a okay day you don't have yep. to have a great day we're in a pandemic god love you if you have a great day yeah, yeah. you know um yep. but and and that definition is defined differently now you know <laughs> yeah gosh so much so yeah
1: well, man, I mean, I, I, again, I appreciate you. I mean, I think that, you know, seeing you pop up on Facebook every day and LinkedIn all the time and, you know, huge smile, just contributing such positivity. And again, it's, you know, it, there's a lot of disingenuous positivity that gets shared on social media because we think that's what has to happen. But, I see you for who you are. And what I love about that, and especially with the relationship that I feel I have with you is, I mean, we we spent a couple of hours together. And then other than that, it's been social ever since. But I caught that from the moment that we met. And so I thank you for that. Um, Your story is so powerful. I love the fact that you really do desire to impact people and you don't care whether that's a million people or one person. It's just, it's so awesome to see. And, um, for everybody that's listening, I mean, we'll make sure to put all of Brian's contact information in the show notes, but you've got to connect to him. If you are not following him, you're crazy because again, like we all need, a, a dose of reality but we all need we also all need a lot of positivity and brian just has a very genuine way about contributing that and sharing that with the world so connect with him brian dude like thank you i really really thank you
0: brian i so appreciate you brother i really do and i'm so glad that i i I saw your post and we re caught up and was able to join you and, and all your listeners. And again, I mean, I hope, I hope something today has impacted someone and uh, in, in a, in a special way. And again, I mean, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate you and, and to everyone listening and watching, you know, I'm sending all my positive vibes to family near and far and hope everybody's staying safe.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Well, guys, like I said, go get connected to Brian You're absolutely nonsense. If you don't, I'll come right out and say it. Uh, (laughs) If you have any feedback for him, you have any questions, please make sure, connect with him, reach out, ask the questions. If you wanna learn more about what he's doing with Voice Your Vibe specifically, if you wanna learn more about building up the courage to get out there and share your own story, connect with him. You got anything for me, you know where to find me. And as I say, as often as I possibly can, be you, be happy, be authentic. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.